You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Though I do love this bit, and there's something that did happen uh, during that taping. I actually forgot my joke right in the middle of telling it. (gasps) Oh, I hate that. But then here's the thing. They didn't keep it. So the first time I think ever a comic has this happened where they gave me an edit. Hello and welcome to Good One, a podcast about jokes. I'm your host, Jesse David Fox. This week's guest is Solomon Giorgio, stand-up comedian and writer for shows like Shrill and High Fidelity, as well as host of The Juice, a new Team Coco podcast. A podcast that started with a humble pandemic tweet. I don't care about celebrity gossip. Give me small-scale gossip. I want to know why the night shift employees at Kohl's are mad at each other. But his relationship with Conan started long before that, with a 2015 late-night set, which is the subject of today's episode. And I, and I get why Conan became interested in Solomon. Besides being a very good comic, he's, like, really cool. Like, he's always wearing a blazer on stage like a person who knows how to wear a blazer. Solomon will be talking with our special guest host, Dulce Sloan, who you might know from her episode of this podcast, and, you know, being a Daily Show correspondent. So, here is Solomon Giorgio. I recently watched the uh, Disney animated feature Pocahontas uh, because I'm a grown man and no one can stop me from doing whatever I want. (laughs) However, I feel that movie should come with a written apology. Uh, Firstly, the Native Americans as a people have suffered the worst genocide in human history. Some may say, hey Solomon, what about the Holocaust? And I wouldn't take that away from anyone. The Holocaust was a terrible, terrible tragedy. However, I have seen 10 or more Jewish people in the same room. I haven't seen 10 Native Americans in my life. We used to live right her. Secondly, uh, Pocahontas was a real person in this nation's history. She looked nothing like the Disney character uh, because she was hella busy being 12. (laughs) She was sold to John Smith and his men, suffered years of sexual assault, witnessed the death of most of her tribe, and then shipped off to England to die a young death due to smallpox. Now, someone at the Disney Corporation (laughs) caught wind of this tale. And they thought, hey, how do we make this family friendly? (laughs) I got it. Get rid of that part where white people look bad because that is just gross. (laughs) Then we'll throw in some singing, some dancing, and a raccoon, huh? I apologize, the only impersonation I can do is a blacker voice. Um, (laughs) But what other movies do they have? This one is about a young African princess named Sally, who falls in love with a young man named Thomas Jefferson. Stay on board. (laughs) They get married, and she helps him write the Declaration of Independence. Huh? With help from a friend, Roscoe, the singing fried chicken. 
and Uncle Tom the Dancing Watermelon. Name of the movie, Zero Years a Slave. Hello, friends. I'm Dulce Sloan, and I am here with one of my good friends, one of my good Judys, one of my favorite Judge Judys, Solomon <laughs> Giorgio. Hi, Dulce. It's so good to be here with you as always in your presence, your beautiful face, being in existence, near and around me. And like I, I want to do this all the time. <laughs> yes, um, I'm very much happy for you out here on your excursions and your adventures. Okay, so how did we meet, become friends? Because I don't remember. Oh, I remember exactly when. We... Well, I remember when I first saw you. Ooh, yeah. Okay, tell me, tell me, tell me. This was it was at it was at the Improv. Uh, you were doing a drop-in set. Because it was when you were getting prepped for your coding set. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that was the first time I've ever saw you perform. And you were like really dynamic and I immediately talked to you afterwards. And then I think we became pretty much friends after that. It's so funny because I remember when your coding set came out, I think it was like maybe it was a year before mine came out. Mm-hmm. And I remember everybody was talking about your coding set. <laughs> and it was nuts because when my Conan set came out, you had posted and you were like, this is the best way to celebrate the one year anniversary of my Conan set. And you posted mine. And yeah. I was like, your set is who I thought about when I was getting ready for my set. Uh, that's very sweet. I always, that's the highest compliment because your set was so good. That's essentially like, because I, for me, it's like whenever you like repost your set after like a year or something, you're like, I like it's like it didn't like it's like it's it's like it got the views it got and right. but then I saw your set and I was like this is so good especially your bra joke that I love so much. Now I know y'all are wondering why can I see this big chick's bra? <laughs> simple question, simple answer. This bra was a hundred dollars. That's it. Because if I pay a hundred dollars for anything, you're gonna see it. <laughs> Rest of my outfit, seventeen eighty-eight. Thank you. And I immediately was like, this is also, if not as good, better than my set. I think everyone should watch it. Thank you. Because I was I remember telling you, I was like, your set is a set. It was like, I need to be at least as good as this <laughs> set. Because when your set came out, I remember everybody in Atlanta was like, did you see Solomon Giorgio? I don't know who he is, but like... Everybody was, because this was before, because I had never done stand-up outside of the South. So I had done stand-up in LA. Yeah. I hadn't done stand-up in um, New York. I hadn't left the South yet to do shows. So the fact that like everybody was talking about your Conan set and then getting to meet you while I was getting ready for it. And so it meant a lot to me when you were like, you saw me getting ready for it and... You were telling me, because it was crazy, because like I met you, and then I met Bill Burr when I was getting ready for my Conan set, because he saw yeah. me in the big room, and then he saw me in the, la- in the, um, in the lab, yeah. and he saw me, he was like, what are you working on? And I was like, oh, he's like, what are you getting ready for? And I was like, oh, my Conan set. And he was like, you're going to fucking kill it. Then I was yeah. like, oh my God, did Bill Burr just put me to the side and tell me my Conan set's going to be good? Yeah. Well, he's absolutely right. That was that your set was so so strong. Thank and you're, you. You're very like you know your voice, and that's one of those things. Like once you, you like once somebody knows their voice, especially for a five minute set. Yeah. It's the well, end. like, <laughs> well, that's why I loved your set so much because like that Pocahontas joke in your set. <laughs> I was like, first of all. Cause I remember when Pocahontas came out and I had the little, the little toy yeah. from the raccoon and I had the little tree and the little Pocahontas doll. And it was such a big deal. Cause they found a native American woman to do her voice. And Disney was like, look at the work we did. And it's like, she's still not, she's still animated. Um, yeah. It's like, we did the work. And I'm like, but she's still, <laughs> No, you didn't. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad, I'm glad they found a native American woman to do the voice of her. Yeah. Irene Bedard. I, okay. And she Irene. is native. Okay, Irene Bedard was cast. This is us. I love. I love. Like, you get to do research. You know what? Before we go on, <laughs> no, because like, but that's the way that I am about. Like, I want things. If I'm gonna tell a joke about something, yeah, I want it to be right. Because like, like, what was your relationship to Disney movies like 
before this that made you like, kind of um, spark the joke? <laughs> it's fun, funny now too because I've worked for so like a hundred Disney productions at this point now. I've literally they they pay me and they feed me uh, as wow. a corporation. But I like I've I've had like multiple jokes about uh, Disney stuff. Um, but like the Pocahontas one was like the first one that like worked. Mm. I used to have like a Lion King one where I talked about how Rafiki is the only character with an African accent and he's the monkey. Yes. So like that was like I had all these random like I don't know why I came for Disney so hard. Uh, <laughs> because you could but, see like, the inconsistencies. Like I always wanted to do a joke about the princess and the frog because she was the only Disney princess that had a job. Yeah, a whole job. And she wasn't even the princess till the very end. She didn't get to start as well. Like a lot of them, no wait, Cinderella. No, Cinderella, Cinderella was wasn't a princess. Indentured servitude. That was just a. She was a indentured servant. She was a scullery maid. She was a slave. Um, Look, they at least gave us a white slave before they gave us a black boy. A black woman working. You know what? I'll allow <laughs> that because Snow White was a princess. Was Sleeping Beauty a princess? Sleeping Beauty was a princess because it was I, like a. It was vengeance for not being. Uh, invited to the Vengeance for not being. Yeah, and Snow White was already a princess too. Right. And then Mulan was. Um, she's technically there's no princess part. Like she's, she's just uh, from a family uh, that I don't think she's any royal lineage. Oh, because she had to protect her... the emperor. Remember? Oh yeah, because they get her in that. Li- like, they get her in the lineup with all the Disney princesses, yeah. and it's like again, had a job because like Pocahontas had to interpret, Mulan had to save a kingdom. Mm-hmm. Princess Tiana had a whole job making beignets. Because, like, the joke starts with you, like, listen, I'm an adult. I can, yeah, <laughs> I, I recently watched it. And I, I do watch Disney movies a lot. And, like, for me, like, it was, like, so essentially what happened was, like, I, like, I, I figured out the real history of Pocahontas probably, like, a decade before this joke. Mm-hmm. And I just was always, like, I was just, like, I, it's one of those things where you, like, talk about something so many times. Right. That you eventually find a way to incorporate into a bit. Uh, because the initial bit was like six minutes long. Mm. Uh, with, you know how that because I'm 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 very wordy person and I write everything. I, especially when I first started, I would write everything down. Yeah, I don't so, do more. No, no, everything. I I just barely try to. I barely remember half my bits after I say them. Uh, <laughs> I have a whole uh, note in my phone called bits I almost forgot. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, oh shit, I forgot. Oh shit, I forgot about. Did you just stop telling <laughs> it one day? And you didn't write it down in the first place. And you're like, oh shit, like you just lose. Like, oh, it's like that could have been ten minutes worth of stuff that I had. Fifteen minutes, oh, yeah. and you just forget it's write it down. Oh, I've probably forgotten at least an, a, a two two hours worth of material. True. Every year, tops. True. Because I just my brain was like, oh, that was funny, and then like I'm gonna write that down, and I'm like, nah. No, I didn't. write There's that no down. paper nearby. <laughs> There's a paper nearby, or sometimes, or people are like, oh, record your set. I'll record my set, but that means I have to go back and listen to it. That's the issue that people keep saying, record your set, but like, I have to listen to my voice. Can you, why can't you record my set in your voice for me so that way I can <laughs> enjoy listening to it back? Yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, oh God, yeah, no, I've like, but yeah, but like then, but it's like, but I was so passionate back then too, so like, and I like I would take it like I did, but I'm very good at editing. So like it was like six minutes long, and mm-hmm. I fucking whittled it down and whittled it down. Um, but the well, here's the thing: is, like I didn't, I never actually didn't even think it was gonna make it to my Conan set. I was very surprised. I was very surprised too because it was not like because I was running it for because I remember like I'm trying to remember. So like um because I it's, it's really JP? I got the hmm JP Buck. I met, yeah, J.P. Buck, who's the booker for Conan. I met him um, because he was actually there to see another comedian uh, at uh, at uh, the Meltdown. Shut and it was up. Like, it was my second ever set doing the Meltdown. And I was, like, so excited because I was, like, really just trying to break into anything in L.A. And I was, like, like eight years into comedy. And I'm, like, a 33-year-old server. I'm fully exhausted. <laughs> like, totally. I was, like on the brink of like am i gonna make it in this industry because i'm barely making any like like my rent was like 500 bucks a month and i was still not making it every month um and then like so when i finally got into meltdown i was like i was like the best thing i needed because it's like oh like a a step up Mm -hmm. and i was like starting to getting like regular bookings at the at some of the clubs and that made me feel really good 
Uh, but yeah, he wasn't like he was there to see somebody else, and he's in the bathroom during my set. Mm. And he hears the audience reaction to me. Mm. And then he runs out of the bathroom, and doesn't, he doesn't even talk. Like he doesn't even come up to me during uh, during my like during after the show. Like he just gives the uh, the email to uh, Emily Gordon, who was the, the producer mm-hmm. uh, of Meltdown at the time. And she's like, well, the Conan Booker uh, asked for your email. Should I give it to him? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead <laughs> yeah, you should that. do that. I didn't say it like that. I was so like, yes! <laughs> give it to him. Why are you even asking me that question? Get out of my face! <laughs> why did you give it to him right then? Why are you asking me this? <laughs> why, would, why, why is that a question that I need to be? <laughs> you just asked me, oh, what if someone asked me if the sun should come up tomorrow? Yeah. Like, bitch, I'm yes. like, I'm going to be the first bitch that says no. I don't think so. The hell are you talking about? What if I was? What what <laughs> I'm not, and I never will be. People say, like, if if that makes me a sellout, let me be a sellout. Because you know what? I will never sell out. I'll always have a piece of me for sale. Uh, Listen. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I can't sell out because I will always have a piece of me. Yeah, there's always going to be sale. something in stock. <laughs> That's fucking hilarious. <laughs> but yeah, I can no, never it was like, sell out. <laughs> but yeah, so I remember, great. yeah, he was... um. But yeah, like we like you know how you you know the process. You start working on your set, and it's like it's yes. Like I think mine was like three months uh, after. I wish I had that long. Well, well, maybe because you had your shit together too fast. That's your problem. <laughs> <laughs> well, what? That's your damn funny? problem, though. So you were you had your shit together. I no, did not. My shit just came out of nowhere. So you had three months mm-hmm. to work on it. I well, no, like because he didn't give me a date because he wanted to work on my set with me, and mm. because I think a, a lot of my material is like a. Uh, was like very like, you know me. I'm a, I'm I'm, I'm a force to reckon with. Uh, it is um, vocabulary rich. But is it TV friendly? No, for the most part. No, 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 no. no, no. Um, but yeah, so I never like so like we like pretty much just like kept playing with probably like my safest like jokes without like, and he was like really concerned uh, with me doing the Pocahontas bit. So like the Pocahontas bit, which I was like. Was like my 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 all star bit, but it was also one of those jokes. If it didn't land in the first uh, ten seconds, it was a oh. long downhill oh, fall shit. into the abyss. Because I've seen it not land, and I've seen it die a painful death. Oh, it's like like you like you know how, like whenever you don't hit a long joke right up top. Yes, and you just have to you, sit in it, and then you're like trying to do little stuff in it. And we even like talk back. faster just to get out of it. Yes. And I'm like, you know what? I've been in long bits like that that weren't working. And I've just been like, fuck it. And just scrapped it. I was like, I am. Because oh, yeah. you know, when you're doing an hour, you're like, this isn't working. I'm going to do something else. Because I got to prove to y'all I'm funny. Y'all already, y'all already know. So yeah. I'm going to make sure that I can jump out of this. Because it's like, it's, um. so how did you, because like when you break it down, you're like, you start with like, First of all, I'm a grown man and no one can stop me, which mm. what a great way to say <laughs> I am watching this movie. I don't give a fuck about how you feel about it. Um, starting with saying that movie should come with an apology. Yes. How did you decide what went where in that bit? Like it's movie comes with an apology, genocide. I've never seen like, it's like, how did you <laughs> map it out? It's like the way, like, especially like the beginning of it, like I usually like because I started off with like I recently watched the movie Pocahontas and then I just started doing the bit. But I was like, I feel like that's like, you know how you just feel like you need to put something in a place because it doesn't hit the hard the first time. Yes. So like every time I start, like I start like I feel like because um, I can't do self-deprecating at all. Every time I've, I've tried to have a like because it doesn't to make work. fun of myself. People because think you're too beautiful. You're not allowed. <laughs> you're, not, you're, too, you're too beautiful. You're not allowed. Um, mm-hmm. And it's also, it's because of your, like, I've had comics say, like, the way that I do self-deprecating is still complimentary to myself. Yeah. Well, we have too much confidence in our voice. Right. That's what I was going to say. There's too much confidence in your voice. So, like. Like, I can make fun of myself, but I have to make fun of myself in a way that isn't, like, a, too demeaning. Like, I'm, like, you still have to be, like, an air of, like. Because like there's a thing I think there's like uh, it's almost like an air of nobility to our voices, like a, oh. like a strength and power to it. Especially you, because <laughs> it's like prime example. So sit so for your Sydney Washington in the comic that we know, and <laughs> you were doing you were doing Danny Factory. 
This was not the Knitting Factory. This was a show in L.A. Oh, she was doing show in um, L.A. The, she was, it was at Akbar. It was at Akbar. I thought it was Knitting Factory. It was at Akbar. And Sydney tried to give you a drink ticket? Yes, she did. Sydney tried to give you a drink ticket because Sydney is sober. And you rejected her drink ticket and said, what? I said, uh, no, thank you. I'm very rich. <laughs> just the the look on her face was like i thought i was doing something nice for a friend and she told me and she was like can you believe that and i laughed so hard and i said yes i'm not that rich i'm just i'm just i like if i if, if i see a perfect moment to let out the strength of my personality which is to be a bit of a condescending bitch Yes. I'm going to use it. And it's just like the look on her face and like uh, A.O. Debris was there as well. And she was like, oh, my God. <laughs> it was... I would have fallen on the fucking floor. Because been like, <laughs> of course Solomon said it. But then, of course, he's going to take me. But I'm very rich. But also, give me the drink ticket. Because I don't want to. Oh, I didn't take my... it. I know you I did. I commit to it. I commit to my bet. <laughs> and see, me, on the other hand, was like, I'm very rich. But I'm rich like a re- Republican white man. So give me the drink <laughs> ticket. We'll be right back for more Solomon Giorgio and Dulce Sloan. What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Fox Creative. This is advertiser content from 26.2 Team Milk and their new docu-series, Running Sucks. Is running the worst? Yeah. Do you love it? Do you hate it? I hate it so much. <laughs> I hate it so freaking much. That you're a real runner now! I hate it. <laughs> I'm Abby Ayers, a 37-year-old mom from Utah who found herself running across the Manhattan Bridge in my first race ever. Running Sucks celebrates women who run and the running communities that carry them across the finish line. Running helped me in so many ways postpartum. It really is about taking my power back and proving myself wrong. For every person like you, I'm telling you you belong, and I'm telling you you can do it. I never thought the words would leave my mouth, but yes, I'm planning on running a marathon. (laughs) I can't even say it without laughing, because, like, who would have thought? Watch Running Sucks at runningsuckstheseries.com and learn more about how Team Milk is helping women runners across the country conquer their next course. Now back to Solomon Giorgio and Dulce Sloan. I did, because like the way you break it down to like movies should come with an apology, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Now, the only thing that I would be scared of is like, and I think you maneuvered it perfectly when you're talking about Native Americans suffered the worst genocide in yeah. history. So that's, for me, I probably would say that's the part, like, since I specifically compare it to the Holocaust. And like, and I think at that time it was because I was young. Well, like, especially when I did the joke initially, like, I probably, I've like, I think after that said, I definitely updated it. Yes. Uh, like, that's part of it. That's I'm like, oh, I'm just like, I'm, I'm still iffy because now, like. Like not not too many people came for me for it. Like a lot, it was morally just racists that were mad. Uh, no one, no, no one outside of that got upset. But Wait, how are racists really. mad? Because don't racists also they did not well, agree Holocaust. with the fact that there was a gen- no. They don't they don't agree with any of these things. <laughs> so they don't think there was a genocide of Native Americans, and they don't think the Holocaust is real. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Those those two things were like. Uh, but for me, it was like it was one of those things. Like I, I definitely compared the two, and it was a joke. But then I'm like, mm. it's like it's still like it's that gray area where I'm like, but I, I just don't like being in gray areas anymore. That makes sense. I mean, it's because I remember like growing up in Atlanta, I lived in a predominantly Latino, predominantly Mexican neighborhood. And I remember when the black dudes be in my neighborhood being like, I've never seen a Native American. And my other homeboy being like, but you've seen a Mexican. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, it's also for me, like when I did that joke, I was like, 
there, there was a genocide of Native Americans, but I also didn't realize what quantifies a Native American at the time because, like, yeah, Mexicans are Native Americans. Right, but I think the other thing is it's just, like, so we see that, like, the Spanish did not obliterate yeah. Native Americans the way no. that the United States government... no obliterated Native millions, Americans. Millions until like and it's like things like it's like there's murders going on until like the seventies. There's missions that existed until the seventies. Like there's like a lot of things that There's missions that existed to the seventies. Reservations are still places they still yeah. exist. They still don't have access to food, clean water, and medical care. So there's still currently Yeah. An ongoing it's it's not it, it's an unending genocide. It's like as long as your government is helping kill off a group of people they've been consistently killing off, it's still participating in that so I, I don't think, I know there's things that you would adjust, but I don't feel like you're, I don't think you said anything wrong. Oh, no, I don't feel like it's, for me, it's, for me, it's like, I definitely, I'm happy, like, like, it's, yeah, I don't think I said anything wrong, but it's just one of those things where it's like, it's not as, as informed as I am now. Like, right. I, and that's what, that was the whole point of this joke, is I loved, I wanted to pass along this information in regards to Native Americans in this country, especially specifically about Pocahontas and what was done to her. And it was for me, it was like, I but I've updated myself and my ideas and the concepts that I believe in. Right, that. that makes because like, but I did love the tag that you made. It was like they used to live her, right which, her, <laughs> right her. They used to live right her, which <laughs> I know was only for like certain people. Oh <laughs> uh, yes, the Chingy reference. Yeah, that's all. I, if you were, if you didn't know that, then that's for, that's not far for you. Is that it? Wasn't for you. Um, and then. <laughs> Because I remember as a kid, like, learning the real story of Pocahontas, kind of mm -hmm. like when the movie came out. Because yeah. there was controversy around the movie when it came out, because people were like, that's not what happened to her. Not at all. Johnson was a grown-ass man. She was a baby. And, like, I think this child. Was a, she was a child. School child. And I that's, think that's one of my parts. Like, that's the part that I, that's the part where I've had, like, that was... The part of the joke that I love the most, because it's it's such a churn, and I never and when you like when you're so concerned about talking something like about that sad, yes, you're like, will they laugh at any point during this time? And I, when I said like, I remember when I put together, she was hella busy being twelve, like that was hilarious. <laughs> that was probably like, okay, you found something you can say in a place that's usually like very sad because i was like and she was just only 12 years old and we were like all right buddy because <laughs> <laughs> you know she was out here hella busy being 12. 12. 12. and i think it's so because what's crazy is like if she would have been 16 nobody would have gave a shit no but women would be like that's a child but every yes. man is like well she's 16 it's like Teen, she's still a baby. Look, as far as I'm concerned, no one's an adult until they're they're, they're thirty two. As far as <laughs> listen, I'm thirty eight, and they and they told me I was an adult, and I call I, I will call my mother mommy. Forever. <laughs> Look, forever. end of the day, if I like, I'm at the point now because I'm forty now. If you're under thirty two, there's a very small likelihood I will talk to you for more than two minutes. Yes, yes, because it's like you recount her story. So she was twelve years old. Yeah. She was sold. Yes. I wasn't aware of all of this. Well, I guess they sold her to marry her. Um, She died in the town at about age 21. 21? Yeah. Damn. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, then again, that's why this, I feel like I remember reading such a very specific, I feel like I read an article just like that was specifically came out at that time that kind of did like the, uh, did a very serious takedown of the disney movie um but it's like and I, it was like a very extensive long truth uh, about what pokemon's story was so like i read that article and i was like how do i turn this into into a joke right and that's essentially what it was it was like mocking the disney execs because that's my that's like that's that's the turn that i took it was like i told this fucking harrowing like like summarization of her life and then i was like but you know what Somebody at Disney heard this tale, and then that's when then I, that's when yeah that transition was uh that was the one that was like okay that's that's where I was like okay, where I'm telling the joke <laughs> like the I'm making the point right <laughs> that I want so to make <laughs> right so someone heard this awful story it's like 
you know all those Brothers Grimm story, like when you learn like what the original Little Mermaid ending was? Mm -hmm. It's like she didn't end up with the prince. She died of a broken heart and then turned into sea foam. Yes. And you're like, the fuck? And now they're going to have one of them Haley Chloe girls play her <laughs> with a little red with red dreadlocks. I'm like, okay, shit. I, I mean, I get it, but. Well, yeah, know. I'm sure they're going to not keep it that way. Uh, I, but, like, but that's the thing. Like, they just. But for me, like, this is like, this is a real person story. Like, with the mermaid, that's a fucking. That's it can be anything. She's a fucking mermaid. We're already in a nonsense place. But you're talking about, so this is a, you're turning this character's life, this real person's life into a cartoon, and this person existed, and they have zero other representation of their story in yeah. media. Yeah. So no one's like presenting like the true story of Pocahontas anywhere no. for like readily available consumption. So this is the first time she hits mainstream. And it's through this, uh, this it's a uh, lie. It's a whole alt, an, a full altered version of her life, and kids are just watching this and singing along to it, and just hopping around like the truth is not out there. <laughs> like that right. for me, like that's the atrocity right there. Like that is like it's one thing if you choose to make up a fake person that doesn't need to exist, but when you decide to tell a real person's story, and you alter it so deeply that you don't realize that that. That that level of racism is that is high. That's because it's so it's so insidious. It's so like yes. it's so big. It's so much bigger because you're not you thinking you're doing a good thing, but you're not. It's it's insane. So it's like because when you think about like these types of stories, so it's like you come back to. You know, because it's like they fictionalize the story. And then yeah. I do like that you give the comparison of, <laughs> you know, the fictionalized like, <laughs> Thomas Jefferson with an enslaved yes. woman. Because it's like, also, the really, truly fucked up thing about that whole Thomas Jefferson, Sally Hemings situation yes. is when you find out that Sally Hemings and Thomas Jefferson's wife... We're half sisters. Mm -hmm. That's the wildest fucking part to me. Because it's like, okay, you were taking advantage of this enslaved woman. That's how it happened. That's why I have Scottish ancestry. If you were an American black person who's descended from an enslaved black person, you probably have white ancestry to some yeah. degree. So I just love the fact that you, it, that's, I just, every time I think about that, I'm like, yo, yeah. this motherfucker's wild. But it's, because you create the declaration, and it's crazy that like you create the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> yes, with well, that was the whole point of like that was like things like here's the thing like I wanted to sit, sort of like levy the situation, but I wanted to do it in like some sort of fun way. <laughs> yeah, the, the the most, and it was like, now let me tell you, if you think you can do this with this story, this is how this other story would be told. Right. Because I think people was like I feel like especially like with the Pocahontas like. People didn't know Pocahontas. Well, let's here's somebody you are familiar with. The right. slave that was raped by Thomas Jefferson. And then it's like, also, we're supposed to believe that they had a loving relationship. And it's like, first of mm -hmm. all, so his wife's half-sister, she was enslaved to the sister. When she got married, she came mm -hmm. with her yeah. with Tom, to Thomas Jefferson's house. And then had more kids from Sally Hemings than he did from his wife. Mm -hmm. And we don't know why that happened. Maybe the wife couldn't have the children. Maybe something happened afterward. Or he just wasn't digging his wife. No, or there's a 100% maybe... chance that he was like, I married you because of the slave you came with. There's also that chance. And too. I was about to say that. It was also, mm -hmm. I married you for her. I didn't, I never wanted you. I wasn't allowed to marry her, but I knew how to get her up in my house. Mm -hmm. And then you signed the Declaration of Independence, knowing that there's enslaved people all around. They brought you to pen in the fucking paper, right? Yeah. So, because the examples that you gave, why did you pick Zero Years a Slave? Uh, so because that's when the movie came out. Right, perfect. Like the movie was like out, and I was like, you know what? But yeah, that was my bit. It was like, uh, it's what told you to say. It was like, I'd be like, well, if, you, if another enslaved person heard that, like, you're only a slave for 12 years? That sounds like a slavecation. That's like a little ah! bit. <laughs> oh, you bragging out here? <laughs> like, oh, you wrote a book about it? What's a book? I'm not allowed. To... <laughs> I wasn't allowed to read. I wasn't allowed to read. Oh, you got kidnapped? Oh, you just out here bragging then, huh? <laughs> oh, you was at a business meeting with white men? Oh, you was in a restaurant? <laughs> oh, you had shoes on? Some oh. Of these, 
Um, but that's a whole other thing. So wait. So, <laughs> but also, so you know, if, mm, go ahead. There's um the, this the uh, though I do love this bit and but there's something that did happen uh, during that taping. I actually mm. forgot my joke right in the middle of telling it. <gasps> oh, I hate that. But then here's the thing: they didn't keep it. So the first time I think ever a comic has a, this happened where they gave me an edit. You had an edit in your bit. You had an edit yeah. in your set. There's a part of the set, especially if you watch it, where they just go to my back mm-hmm. and then they pop up front real quick. Mm. And it was because I I stood there and I forgot my joke, but no one was mean to me. Like it was like it was truly the, the sweetest moment I've ever had in my entire life because I was just like I just like was like oh no <laughs> I forgot my joke. And then the second, like, and I, like I just, everyone's laughing at my reaction. And then I was like, oh, I remembered it. And everybody just like applauds. Yes. <laughs> like, the biggest applause to me to finish the rest of my joke. And then I got right back into it. And I was like, but yeah, but yeah, that's like, I think it's between, I think it's actually the last part of the joke. The, the, the serious, the serious years of slave part was I literally like right before I got to that point was like, oh, <laughs> I hate that. I hate you're in the middle of a joke and you've told, and the thing that sucks about that is that you've told this joke a million times. It was, but I was so, here's the thing, I was so nervous that day. Cause this is my mm-hmm. first TV set. Like, mm-hmm. you remember that feeling? I, I was going to the bathroom every three minutes. Yes. Poop out nothing. Yes. Nothing was coming no out. No pee. Barely anything. There's... Literally blood is it's just, just like, it's really bloody. <laughs> it's just, like, cause I'm just like, cause I like, I'm, I'm nervous and I like, I get hemorrhoids and I get really bad. And, oh. and I was just so like, and like, I was like, I was barely, I was, I ate like fruit. That was the most I could do. Um, I, I was, I had warm Sprite. Like my mom gave me when I was a kid. Oh, we do ginger ale. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it can't be cold. It has to be, it has to it be lukewarm. Be I <laughs> the black remedy is either ginger ale, Sprite, Sprite. or 7-Up. <laughs> or Vicks Vaporub. So you fictionalize, like, mm-hmm. if we want to, you know, rep- he's like, oh, if this is too much, well, then let's just bring this down. So maybe like Thomas Jefferson. Is there another historical event you could have fictionalized for the joke? Um, I think, I feel like there was probably was a, a thing that I had earlier. Um, I know, like, I can try like, I know I had one and it's been, I have some things like it's been several years now. I don't know. This that one made that one was the most fun to me because it's like it's like it made the most sense to me because like oh I'm comparing another woman in history that's not giving the due that she deserves. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know what else you could like a, somebody who's like a victim of this of, of this horrible circumstance mm-hmm. and should be recognized for it, but hmm. but no one like it's 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 been. It's sort of buried. So I feel like that's the thing. Is like if I if I could find another point in history like that, there's probably many, especially when it comes to women of color throughout all of history. Right, right. There's probably many. There's many points, but uh, that one, that one, I felt was like that's least... the strongest one you could make, though. Yeah, that's the and strongest also, I, yeah. comparison. And um, I also felt like it's, it was far enough away and like so distinctive that I didn't feel the worst in the world of t- retelling it as a joke. Right. <laughs> so like. You're mentioning like Native American genocide, and then you're mentioning the Holocaust, and then you're mentioning slavery. Like, did they say, like, did JP or the show say anything? When we say JP Buck, we mean like the Booker yeah. for Conan. Very wonderful, Silver Fox, gorgeous, yes. wonderful, sweet man. Um, we love him so much. Um, giving us so many opportunities. You know, <laughs> I'm doing so happy right now. Hmm? <laughs> No, I'm. I'm. That's look. I'm. Will love it. Love him forever. I will love um, him forever. He gave him. He gave me my first late night spot. But it's like, <laughs> did were they worried about them getting any backlash? I don't for doing think a joke that, that edgy. I don't think they were too concerned about the backlash on their end. I think that they were concerned because I wasn't like they. They told me not to do the joke, uh, until, like I was running a whole different set for two two or two or so months. And then mm. literally two weeks before my taping, he's like, we should do that joke. Interesting. So we altered my set completely because uh, that's that's a big chunk of it. Right. Um, and I was like, and I was happy because I was like, that was my my fucking all star bit that I was just so proud of. Um, so I was like, it was one I was like, yeah. Uh, and then but also that's probably what led to me being so f- 
terrified that day mm. because I was like, is this joke that too risque? Is this too much of a of a hazard? This is going to be your first time on TV. Um, because it's like, it's because I also was like terrified too. Cause like I mentioned I'm gay earlier in the set and I know that's like, that they, I talk a little bit about my family. So I'm just like, are all these things going to come back to get me? Because I've seen, like, it was like at, at, at that time, like the, the internet outrage was existing for the first time. Yes. Like people on Twitter were being like, like fully big monsters. Like, well, they were there for a while. Right. But like this, like it was like a fever pitch. Because it was like the last, it was like the last year of Obama. Oh, and so everybody wanted to be mad at everything, especially everything a black person was doing. Mm -hmm. So I was um, like, super. That's what I was. That was what I was fully terrified of because I was like, I'm mentioning all these things, and I don't like. I like. I can't think of how many times I've seen another black, a black gay, queer person on on late night, or openly black queer person on late night. <laughs> So I'm going to ask you just a few questions. Okay, so what is your favorite joke joke or like street joke? My favorite street joke, oh God, that is tough. Oh gosh, I um think my favorite street joke, is, I'm trying to remember this one from, because I went to predominantly black school in elementary school. That was, there was some really good ones. Oh, did you remember it? I know, I just remember somebody in kindergarten um, I can't remember her name, but she's turned around and she goes, your mama got a big ass pussy. Your daddy got a little dick. Whenever they fuck each other, they can't feel shit. I am Ooh. six years old. Ooh. I was introduced to 9,000 concepts at one time when I heard that. Who taught her this? Who did she overhear? This is a shenanigan. But I guess the only other street joke that I've always remembered was my ex had like this really fun like redneck coworker. And... uh. He was, uh, he was like, yeah, don't say, cause like his accent, his Southern accent was so heavy that he was telling me that on the phone, he has to talk with a white person voice. Yeah. <laughs> cause his accent. That's how Southern, country he is. That's how country I, he is. Know, he like, to, can you, can you, can you speak in a normal voice? Sorry. 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 And he's like, well, Hey, like it's like white man doing white man voice, which is my favorite. <laughs> and so he was talking about, uh. Because he was saying, yo, he told me a racist joke. He said, I ain't tell you no racist joke. Said, what? My ex was like, yeah, you did. He said, nuh-uh. He said, listen. He said, I'll tell you this joke that my buddy told me. He's like, all right. He's like, listen, uh, you know, these folks, they tried to sit up and say that uh, that I was racist. But I don't understand. I got five TVs in my house and all of them is colored. And I cannot tell you. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> you can't have me recorded laughing to that. <laughs> I promise you, I was laughing to that shit oh, last week. Oh I god damn it! That was so good. <laughs> god, I hate when they make me laugh. <laughs> Listen, it shouldn't. It it works. It works so good. Oh. It makes you mad because we were cracking the fuck up and he was just smiling. And he was like, see, told you. And I'm like, get away from me. Get away from me, Ronnie. I can't deal with you right now. <laughs> mm -mm. So, Solomon Giorgio. <laughs> Thank you. Um, do you have a short story of an interaction with a legendary comedian, living or dead, you'd like to share? <clears throat> I'm trying to think of who I've had like some amazing interactions, um, but let me. I think there's so many interactions because uh, I've been doing stand up now for 15 years. <laughs> Ooh, I'm on only 13. Yeah, it's we've it's been a long, long, long time, long time, long time. It would, I um I think that there's one reaction like God, Andy Dick ruined a festival for us once. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds right. That sounds on brand for Andy Dick. <laughs> like he was, uh, that was he, like he, like, and I was there for the beginning of it. <laughs> so like, so there was Bridgetown Comedy Festival. It was a few, like, I can't remember which year it was. Um, but Andy Dick was one of the headliners and he was like six months sober at this time. 
and I'm in the green room, and there's this girl selling edibles, and uh, he's like, hey, are those are those edibles? And she's like, yeah. And then the, the person that's like, somebody else is buying them, he's like, do you want one? Because they don't know any of it has got problems. Uh, and he's like, sure. And the person next to me, was who was one of the producers, was like, no, 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 no. Because she knew the situation. Uh-oh. That he was sober. He shouldn't have anything at all. And that if he does anything, the the beast will be released. No. But yeah, so what happens, like, he did, he got he got an edible there, popped it all at once, even though it was only supposed to take half. Took even more than that. And then for the rest of the festival, it was the most insane. Like, I thought, like, Margaret Cho had to guide him out of a of a one of the big shows because he was acting up too much in the audience oh, um good. his uh fake vagina fell off from his uh christian aguilar's cousin character and he has like this like hey this whole thing where he just takes his pants off and there's like a fake vagina but the fake vagina fell off and <gasps> people just saw his regular penis <laughs> no <laughs> he walked into an after party and i i immediately about face and left because <laughs> that's went, what nope he- I was like, like, not today. <laughs> <laughs> not this today. Is all the, not this anymore. is all the same day. And like you, you imagine me leaving an after party. You don't leave after party. The after party leaves you. Yeah, but I left. That's how. That's how much he was. That's how obnoxious he was. That I, I, a true party person, <laughs> was like, you know what? I'd rather go to bed. <laughs> I hope because like I've you seen me see the sunrise. Oh, I've I went to bed at two thirty a.m. that night. I was like, you know what, this ain't worth it. it. And then like I remember also like after we came back home from that festival, he was gone for a few days. Damn. <laughs> yeah, it was it was an experience. So last question, yes. last question, last question. What's a joke that's never worked? So like the audience never laughed at. Basically, so you know when jokes don't work, the audience yeah, laughs at it, right? Yeah. I've, I've, um, I know but, what bombing feels like. What well, yeah, bombing feels like? But you love it, and you will go to your grave thinking this joke is funny. God, it's, it's such a stupid joke, and I know it's a stupid joke, but I loved it. This it's like my I think this is like one of my. This is like my after my first year of comedy. Mm-hmm. This is like two thousand eight, so like I was like barely two years in, and I was so excited to write it. Like it was just like right when Lady Gaga's second album just came out, and mm. and I was like, <laughs> "God, it's so stupid," but I loved it so much, and I still love it. And I'm gonna probably tell it to ruin somebody's day because it's such a dad joke. But I was like, um, <clears throat> "What sound does a gay dinosaur make?" What sound does a gay dinosaur make? Ra 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 ra. It's so stupid. <laughs> I don't know. There's no people. I'm sure. <laughs> Plenty of people laugh that, at I that. I told that joke so many times to zero reaction. And I was just so proud. That joke is just like popsicle stick joke. It is. It is so dumb. That is a popsicle stick joke. Like everyone should be laughing at that. No, no. Everyone was not. Everyone was like, yeah, whatever that came from, you can throw that away. I just want to say I'm so glad we got to talk. I'm so glad we got to talk too. Uh, this is this is kind of cool because it's like you know it's like comics on comics. <laughs> it is. Well, see, I think yeah, it's kind of fun to do that and like um yeah no that's it was fun because now now but but also you have to come on my podcast now too. Ooh, now tell us what's your podcast called? Um, so I'm very excited. It's gonna be called mm-hmm. the Juice. Oh, like the tea, but more intense. Ooh. Yeah, well, because I'm so I want like because I'm not like a celeb gossip girl. Like I've mm. never been. Mm. And, I, and I'm too much of like, and I've been a political junkie for a long time. So I was like, I want to do something that's like, I want to do something that's gossip, but I want to do mm. like, in a, like a like a local like gossip. Like people like, I want to know what's going on in a retail setting, in a high school setting. I want to know what the small town people are talking about. So that's kind of like the whole point of the show is that I have somebody come in and we just discuss gossip that they remember from their childhood and high school and working like a retail job or a restaurant job. Oh, I'm down for it. I would love this because there's nothing. Because, like, I am not, I'll say, you know, we're friends. I am not a gossip. <laughs> <laughs> but. Go ahead. 
but I always know what's going on. I for sure definitely want to have you back on my show, so that's going to yes. be great. And um, I'll I'll cater to you and all the rumors that you need to hear. <laughs> listen, I want to know what's going on everywhere. I want, I'm here for some Walmart. I love some retail store gossip, some restaurant gossip. Girl, you, you're preaching the choir. And, you know, honestly, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll gossip after this show. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> In short, I have been Dulce Sloan. This has been Solomon Giorgio. And you have been listening to a podcast. okay we done (laughs) that's it for another episode of good one you can listen to the juice wherever you get your podcasts follow solomon on social media at solomon giorgio good one is produced by myself jelani carter and camila salazar Scott Mishikishin did our theme song. Rate, review, and rate the show on Apple Podcasts. Five stars, please. Email me comments, questions, or laughing around suggestions to goodonepodcast at gmail.com or tweet us at goodonepodcast. I'm Jesse David Fox, and you can follow me at Jesse David Fox. Good One is a production of Vulture and the Box Media Podcast Network. We're back next Thursday. Have a good one. What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the PropG pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Why do you run? Why does anyone? I always thought that runners loved running, and that's not the case. Most runners hate running, <laughs> but they choose to do it. In the new docuseries Running Sucks, brought to you by Team Milk, Abby Ayers learns why women runners everywhere are driven to go the distance. It really is about taking my power back and proving myself wrong. Team Milk is about fueling women's performance and helping them along their marathon journeys. You can sign up now for the inaugural Every Woman's Marathon, taking place in Savannah, Georgia, on November 16th, 2024. Learn more and register at everywomansmarathon.com.